0: My guest today was first elected to council in 1976. He was elected mayor in 2000 and hung around until 2018. In 2011, he made an impassioned plea to Waterloo City Council to talk about joining forces and get action from higher levels of government to deal with the growing infrastructure deficit. No, not amalgamation, but working together. At the time he said, and I quote, I can't look at people anymore walking down the street and say it's not my fault. I don't want to make excuses anymore and say it's not my fault. We have to become a lot more assertive and we have to become a lot stronger and have to come together as municipalities. We take the accountability for all of it. There are things that are out of our control, but the things we can control give very little room to maneuver. Infrastructure cannot be built on property tax, he said. It cannot be built on user fees. He's someone who's seen a few budgets in his time. He's my good friend, Doug Craig, former mayor of Cambridge, and he's a returning old gray mayor. All right, Douglas, welcome
1: back. Well, thank you very much for that wonderful introduction. So I want to get a copy of it, by the
0: way. (laughs) You can tape this. Um, So Interesting because we were talking about taxes and I was doing a little bit of research and came across this uh, meeting that you went to in Waterloo. Do you remember that? I uh, I do actually.
1: Uh, Brenda Halloran, I think, was the mayor at the time. We were good friends and I asked if I could come up and speak to them. I thought I would get a warmer welcome in Waterloo
0: as opposed to some other (laughs) municipalities. Locally? Well, you could have come to North Dumfries. That's true. I would have embraced you, no problem. (laughs) Um, So, but did it, so today we're going to talk about property taxes All right, okay? Sure. and uh, talk about some historical stuff uh, just to, and also talk about some myths or ideas around property taxes out there because one of the things that I noted when I was first elected was I really had to get up to speed on budgets and property tax because uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but if you want to know about, as they say, the heart of a community, take a look at their budget. What, what you? What do you well, say? Well, a
1: budget. To, a budget uh, is a philosophical statement of where council is going and what council is all about. So, if it's a council that puts all kinds of money into recreation, as an example, you get a, you get a, a true picture uh, of, of the direction of the community. So, the budget reflects that, and I think that's a, that's an important aspect of local government. The other thing about municipal tax or property tax, it's a visible tax, right? Okay? Yeah, it's a visible tax, and. Um, what it does is uh, people sit in the coffee shop and they'll say, well, look, they want to build an arena in my backyard or in my neighborhood. Look at the impact on my on my property taxes. And they can relate to that very easily as opposed to consumption taxes, sales taxes, income tax. They don't see.
0: Right. They know it goes, but they don't see it. Now, you and I will have a debate because you say, uh, ask anybody what their property tax is and they'll be able to tell you what it is to the Well, scent. I'm talking
1: about average people here. <laughs> and I'm saying
0: most people cannot really tell you that
1: i think they can tell you to a great extent what they paid last year in
0: round numbers
1: yeah haven't got a clue what they paid in sales tax
0: or always, proper was, or income tax. yeah it's always interesting when you talk about property taxes though um when you're out campaigning though okay when you're right. out campaigning and knocking on doors property tax is not the first thing that comes that up. that is correct it's things like speeding right speeding you know, in the neighborhoods you know my loud neighbor yep those oh. sorts of things that people really talk safe about. safe injection sites but if you have an if you ask them for an opinion on property taxes, they'll give you one. That's correct, right? So one of the things, though, that's interesting is uh, that I learned quickly on uh, was that property taxes are a combination of three things essentially. In our community, you got your regional portion, your city or township portion, and then the school board portion. That's correct. And so it was always interesting to me when I was working on our township budget to say, okay, well. I know you're paying, let's say, $4,000 for your property, but 20% of that is what's coming to the township. So that's $800. If we're looking at a 5% tax increase from the township, that's $40 over the course of a year. Now, when you start to put things in terms of dollars and cents versus percentages, sometimes they could relate to that a little bit easier. And they'd say, yeah, okay, yeah, I could do that to help out.
1: Well, most people... Uh, don't look at it that way. That's uh, They just look in terms of the rate of inflation. That's percentage. How, that's how they do it. And they always have, and I think they will always continue to do that. And that's the problem with the, the property tax is good and bad. Good from the point of view, it is visible, and it makes you more accountable. It certainly does. Bad from the point of view that you want to do more, but you're limited by the fact that uh, It's going to come on the uh, the impact will be on the property tax, which
0: is difficult for people. So, in my example, I threw out this five percent number, which would be unheard of in some situations, but it does occur from time to time. But we always hear about the goal to get the rate to to get the property tax at the rate of inflation.
1: That's that's a community goal. That's not a it's not a realistic goal to build a city uh, to attract business. Uh, to make it a livable city,
0: that right. sort of we'll, thing. We'll get into that, but at first I just wanted to ask, the whole concept of rate of inflation for property tax, it's not a statutory regulation. That's correct. Right? It's just a, a desire, and, and they just pick this number because we presume people's incomes go up by the rate of inflation. Mm-hmm. For the, in that Except if you're in police or fire. <laughs> right, which you've seen a, a higher, that's sort of an impact on the budget that right. sometimes we can't. But some people don't even get a rate of inflation increase. Like the current Ford government, the teachers, were talking about a 1% that's correct. Yep. increase. So why, though, is it, you said, unrealistic? Maybe you didn't use that term exactly, but I thought you did. But why is it difficult to maintain at the rate of inflation?
1: Well, you want to, you want to grow your city in terms of being a livable city. You want to have a city that's attractive, that brings business in, that, in fact, uh, that promotes employment in the city. Uh, that provides the services that people want and to do it at the rate of inflation you can't do that if you continue at a rate of inflation over a number of years your services don't grow your subdivisions and your demands grow so all of a sudden as a councillor or mayor you're going to start getting phone calls on a snowy morning saying where's the snowplow so like or yeah where's another snowplow to maintain our area And and you fall behind
0: Shouldn't development charges take care of all that?
1: Development charges need to be, uh, and uh, there was a big argument, uh, that development charges need to be uh, re-evaluated because they're not paying their way. Okay, and we know that. Okay. And uh, it needs to be uh, completely changed. But the government's not going to change that very rapidly rapidly because uh, you're dealing with the development industry
0: and business community. So development charges are controlled by the provincial legislation, government. yep. Okay, legislation by the provincial government, government. That's correct. Enforced upon the municipalities, restricting what yeah. you can and, and can't so do. And so
1: basically, the property taxpayer will essentially get hit with that increase that should have been picked up by development charges.
0: Okay, so let's take this a step back for a sec. So you say that the rate of inflation doesn't allow municipalities to keep up with what they need to do to maintain the level or or provide the services that people expect. What about those periods of time where, and I can give you an example, I know you have one as well, in North Dumfries, we had 18 years of 0% property tax increase. And you had in Cambridge, uh, 10 years, of 0% property tax increase. That's correct. First of all, what what period of time was that for That Cambridge? was in
1: 1990 to 2000. It was about a nine or 10 year period. We had zeros every year because of the rapid assessment growth uh, right. in, so that, in the
0: community. So let's explain that for people. So it's like, how do you get away with having a 0% tax increase, but still maintain services or increase services?
1: That's because you have a, a more income coming in from
0: assessment. And which is part of uh, new subdivisions, for example. That's correct, yeah. Or, in- uh, or industry coming Or industry. In. Yep. So Cambridge went through a period of time ten, of rapid years growth? of
1: rapid growth. And so we saw that happening, and uh, we, we
0: could maintain services, increase them, and come in at zero. Yeah, because what happens is when you have these uh, new developments, MPAC, or whatever the provincial organization is telling you, this is what it means to your... Right, increase in property, increase revenue to your to your municipality. Right, okay. And so, so you
1: see that you see that today in KW. Yeah, uh, with the LRT and the impact it has had in the downtowns in terms of a surge in assessment. So they are much richer than Cambridge in terms of the L. L <laughs> okay. Well, it is a fact. Okay, poor <laughs> yeah, sure Cambridge okay. is paying for that LRT. <laughs> you just had just to squeeze that. Had in. to
0: squeeze that one in, Captain Cambridge. <laughs> no problem, um, but but the point is well made. Yeah. Okay, the development growth is helping out and it helps limit that's th- correct. And, and actually, Kitchener just went through their budget and I think they had a fairly reasonable property tax uh, increase close to or in the neighborhood of um, inflation around the two percent yeah. or whatever. Cambridge
1: have you. has always been a little bit higher because of the lack of uh, the same equivalent assessment. And Cambridge has, uh, if you compare it to Waterloo, which is the closest municipality in terms of size. Uh, has about 100 less employees. It's a very well run, efficient city.
0: Right. as And it is today. Okay, I'm going to keep a tally. That's number two on yeah, the uh, yeah. pro Cambridge comments well. today. I do happen to be from Cambridge. <laughs> so, um, the but let's talk about this zero tax increase and what the impact is at the end of it. I know well, in North <laughs> Dumfries, for example, um, if you're not increasing uh, your base, in terms of what you're uh, taking in for property taxes, yep. at some point that assessment growth isn't there. And now you're just left with whatever that core property tax increase is. And for us, a 1% property tax increase, I remember this clearly, was worth $30,000. Right. So if you wanted to do anything and wanted to rely on property tax increase, you only had one $30,000 to do whatever it is you needed to do. So you can see how that would be a problem if you're not increasing. So well, t- tell me from your perspective well, what, what happened, the problem is. Well, what
1: happened, we went is. through the 10-year period. Yeah.
0: So when I became a
1: mayor in 2000, uh, we couldn't do that anymore, and the first year was a 5% increase. You Did, know, I had to go hide under some rocks for a while. But anyways... <laughs> But we went through that time period, so what happened, it took us another 10 to 15 years to essentially catch up to where we ought to have been in terms of service levels and other things. Right. I'd say 10 years it took so, us. So we paid for that. You were on, on council
0: during the 10 years yes, of Yes, I was. I zero. happily wanted to look good like all the rest of the Yeah, councils. so from a political, political perspective, it's sort of the immediate... Payback is that's correct. You look good from a political perspective, yeah. but from a long term planning perspective, it was bad. It hurts the that's community. Correct. It right? was the
1: right thing, and you learn through experience not to do that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, yeah, and, and we had actually the similar experience in North Dumfries. My first uh, property tax increase was over 5% at that that's, time. That's terrible. <laughs> I learned from you. <laughs> so, um, so, zero based. Uh, or zero uh, percent increases are bad, but another zero I want to talk about is zero-based budgeting. That was in the nineteen seventies.
1: It was kind of the in thing to do, uh, to, to realign how you looked at your budget and so on. I think we did it one year and we abandoned it after that. But it's it's always good. And well, we know, what is
0: zero-based budgeting? What uh, is that?
1: Well, you, you line up all your prior door or priorities from every department in a, in a descending order. Right. Okay? and then you budget accordingly to the, that that uh, and you cut off the bottom those ones that aren't important okay you oh, have that, to take okay. the top 10 or something out of 20
0: but the point is you can't budget for a deficit no that's correct right and maybe i'm i'm, I'm oh, on terms
1: Pro- federal and provincial governments can
0: budget all different the time. story they're very happy people up there different story yeah, i know um, but municipally you can't budget at the start of the year for a deficit, That's but correct. you could end up with a deficit at the end of the year. Well,
1: you could, but you're not allowed to, okay? So you have to balance that and be be cognizant. So we had, once a month, our senior staff would meet and be looking at the budget. How are we doing this month in, in, uh, in terms of the overall budget? Are we in line to reach the goals? Are we behind? And there was a, an incident, I think a couple of months ago, where Cambridge was 100000 in the hole. And essentially, they will make that up other ways, and they do that automatically because they
0: have to. But $100,000, like That's the Cambridge nothing. budget, it's yeah, nothing. the Cambridge budget is what, 100 and something million? Yeah, but all the critics love that stuff, eh? I know, but what, what is the budget for Cambridge uh, overall, approximately? I'm just guessing 120000 a million? Yeah, okay, so it's over $100 million. Oh, It's over $100 million, yeah. And a deficit can happen for a whole lot of reasons. That's I mean, correct. You, Mother Nature could yep. decide, I'm going to have a snow dump at the end of March. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: no, exactly. These things happen, or you, uh, we had a water main taken out on... Uh, down on concession with an ice jam and all the extra staff that had to oh, be down that was, there. Yeah, I remember that. All those things that, happened. That, that was ice entrar-
0: backup up uh, on the grant. Yeah. That was huge.
1: It was big. But uh, the city, I'm going to say this, and not me, I'm talking about at the time. City staff were marvelous. Fire department had gone out a couple of days earlier to warn certain residents to be, sure. be careful. Uh, I was called at 3 in the morning to come to an emergency meeting. Yeah. And the water in the hospital was off. As oh, an example.
0: So this is your famous, like Hillary Clinton, uh, 3 a.m. call in the morning. This is the Doug Craig 3 a.m. call it, it in the happens, morning. It <laughs> happens, even,
1: even with the people like myself. And we got the water up and running in about
0: four hours to the hospital. Right, but the point of all that is there's a cost to that. There is, very and, much so. And you, you don't know that at the start of, this, of the year. That is correct. You can't predict what's going
1: to happen in right. terms of Mother Nature and you know, overtime kind of costs, overtime, all that, all those sorts of
0: issues. Yeah, the, the the biggest ones for us were always the the snow removal, trying to predict the snow removal, right. and the potential overtime and legal costs, because you could have, well, for la- example, la- lawyers developer. are very expensive. <laughs> these days. Right, rightfully so. Um, there's one for me. <laughs> so, but legal costs too was always interesting because you'd have back then OMB. Now it's uh, I forget what it's called, uh, some appeal tribunal or what yeah. have you. It's just, it's an OMB with a different title. yeah different name. I've but but you, but you couldn't tell. Like we would put in a you know five or ten thousand dollars as no, just a marker you, in that spot. A, absolutely. And it could go up to a hundred thousand in the course of a year, absolutely. um, If you had some developer that was challenging you on some issues.
1: Well, we had we had a problem with the Hesper Arena, the floor lifting in the arena, and uh, and we had to go back in and take the whole floor up and redo it. The addition or the first. I think it was the first one. I may be incorrect about that. Because it started as a single
0: pad, right? Yeah, it yeah. became
1: a double pad. Yeah, Now they, they don't know
0: what we'll talk they're doing. About, we'll talk about multi-flexes another time. <laughs> well, it's a, that's a good story. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean those things happen and now you've got to, if you can't get the developer to do it or the builder or whatever, then it's left with the municipality to have correct. to take care you know, we of it. Right?
1: We tried to look at getting the builder back uh, or the contractor back, but that didn't work. So the city had to pick up like an extra million, I think, at the time.
0: And, and, and then other hits to the budget can be um, the professional services, the firefighters, those sorts of things. Not no, to pick they're on anyone in particular, but no, yeah. they're
1: they're completely out of our control, but they're they're uh, folded into the budget yeah. and the mayor is raw it takes the blame for everything and council. Right. Regardless
0: of what the circumstances were. Well, yeah, we, maybe we'll do a show another day to talk about that no, it's sort all of kinds thing. Of shows we can social, do social media in Cambridge is pretty rough as well. It's terrible actually. But when you have deficits from time and they happen. I mean, again, we can't predict all the time. But I, I think the important point though, as you said, uh, you're monitoring things on a monthly basis. That's correct. I mean we have software they, they, they were
1: doing it down to a thousand dollar budget items. Yeah. yeah. So they were very, very careful, very
0: professional. And uh, they were looking at everything every month. So that's how good they are. The, the other thing I find uh, as a way of savings that municipalities always find is this concept of gapping.
1: Now, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, we, we, you that's, you know, one lawyer retires, you wait another three years.
0: <laughs> no, but gapping is an interesting you know, concept. They do that all the time. And for people listening, gapping is where um, someone uh, retires or leaves and you take a little while before you fill that position.
1: That is correct, (laughs) and and so So you're saving that money. Well, you wait six months, yeah, and you save six months of salary. Yes, that's what that's that's a common thing.
0: So there's all these little built-in. Well, you see,
1: municipalities have to be efficient. Yes, and and they're driven by efficiency, and I for the all the time I was in office. Every year we talked efficiency. So for the provincial government to come down and ask us to look at further efficiencies,
0: I thought was quite absurd. Oh yes,
1: yeah. okay. That's another topic. Yeah, too. that's another topic, and yeah.
0: the, the report and everything else too. And I hear I hear what you're saying because we went through that. If you remember when we brought when we, you and I were on region uh, and brought in uh, um, uh, the accounting firm. Right. Uh, KPMG to do a review of a number of the departments, which was the first time that had ever been done to, to review because they were doing their own internal assessments and reviews. And look, at for the most part, municipalities are efficient. I mean, you would agree the best use of your tax dollar is at the municipal level. Well, by far.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's accountable. It's transparent. You can... Uh, and it it's balanced. Right.
0: <laughs> When's the last time have you ever had an opportunity to show up at Queen's Park or... Or um, uh, parliament buildings, and and be a delegation to the members of well wow. <laughs> a whole too, different you know, thing. You know,
1: people have to uh, people need to sort of reflect on the fact that municipalities do their budgets publicly. Okay, they're not done behind closed doors, uh, unlike uh, you know uh, the provincial and federal parliaments. Yeah, I mean they just bring it out and, and pass yeah, it, in a nice and, and, book. and we come and they go out to the public. Uh, and uh, and that's why local
0: government is the most efficient, the most accountable by far. Yeah, and we'll talk about dollars and where they should flow and how they should flow. But one of the things I want to talk about is this concept of uh, reserves. Right, right, which is um, it's sort of like don't want to call it a slush fund, but it's uh, it's not a slush, it's fund. Not it's a slush a manda- fund.
1: It's a mandated. Uh, System of uh, edicts that have come down from the province right. in terms of everything you could imagine has to have certain reserves, regardless of. I think our reserves—I can't remember—seventy-seven million. So we had the business community coming in and saying, "You know what? The hell are you doing here with all these reserves, and you're raising our taxes?" Right. And then it took probably two to three days of discussions going through the, each area of the budget about these reserves. That in fact, that in fact, you had to. Um, um, uh, explain to them explain to why, them, why, yeah, why okay. you have them, and we have them because we're really, you know, we're not uh, we're not independent governments down here. We're heavily heavily regulated by the province.
0: Well, well, reserves are important because your sources of income as a government, okay, government as business, is property tax for the most part, right. user fees for a very small part. That's correct. And there's and maybe some other licensing fees or other fees. There's not a whole lot of Wiggle room? No, that's correct.
1: I mean, how much are you going to raise the kids' swimming
0: fees? Right. To get revenue and to the, to and the library cards fees? Yeah,
1: you can't do that.
0: Yeah. So, and we'll talk about uh, we're going to talk about one of your tougher budgets and some of the things you had to do and uh, you know uh, services to the community and the impact of all that. But the thing about reserves is, first of all, we, we mentioned development charges earlier, right? And development charges have sort of five or six different categories. And it relates to things that can be done related to new development or growth in the community. And that's mandated by the province specifically about what areas you can cover. And recently, um, they had opened up to allow for public transportation, I believe, because it wasn't LRT, one of those things that uh, I think was covered off in the changes. But you also have reserves like things like rate. Tax uh, tax rate stabilization funds. Yeah, that's uh,
1: that's not mandated. No, that uh, but one's that's, not. That's set up essentially to make politicians look good when they <laughs> mess up. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, I know when they mess up, but most of the reserves, if not all of them, are. Legislated yeah. for good reasons, some for not good reasons. But a tax rate stabilization fund is a good reason too. Well, it, it's for uh, unforeseen events, in a sense. Like we also. talked about. Yes.
0: Right. So okay. you know, because you could end up the year having to expend more money than you anticipated but at the start a, of the year. You got to be
1: careful with those because if in fact you buy down the budget one year, when the next year comes, you have to buy it down again that same amount.
0: Unless it was a Mother Nature event, that's a one-off. Well, they're not always Mother Nature. No, no, events I understand, yet. but it could, could be an election some, year. Some things. Are, <laughs> okay, that's a good point. And let's <laughs> let's expand on that for a sec. You had mentioned in 2000 when you were elected mayor, uh, your first year budget increase was five percent. Yeah, I'm gonna guess that by the time your fourth year came around, it was third year. <laughs> third year, it was yeah. two. Yeah, three years then, it was two yeah. percent or less.
1: Well, you see, politicians are dumb, okay? I mean, they may they may act dumb at times and be perceived that way. I mean, if you're going to hit, you know, their attitude has always been, if you're going to increase taxes, do it the first two years. Yeah. By the fourth year, no one cares if in the second year you came in at 0%. They could care less.
0: Or, or they don't remember that or you they came don't in at
1: 5%. 5%. Exactly. The only year they
0: care about is the final year. Yeah. Okay, and that's kind of how the public looks at it. Yeah. Well that's and you're basing that from your years of campaigning, years of public meetings that's right. And delegations coming forward and really that's sort of your perception is the focus is what have you done for me lately?
1: Right. Exactly. People <laughs> just think it's like the city. People don't look at the city in terms of a, a whole entity. They they relate only to their neighborhoods. Right. It's their neighborhood that it's important to them. Yes, and they relate to the speeding in the neighborhood. There's a lack of facilities in the neighborhood. Yeah, and if you talk about the whole overall city, it becomes cloudy and and, and somewhat distant in terms
0: of what's important to them. That's just nat- natural. Yeah. Okay. So and so and, and in their neighborhood, they're saying, oh, "I'd like a soccer field." Yep. I'd love an arena, but I know that's too much money. But in order to do all that, you can't do it on just a 2% or rate of inflation nope.
1: uh, increase. You depend on handouts from the province, okay, to some yep. extent. Yep. And that's why, and I notice this all the time with the mayors and elected officials at the provincial level going there, this kind of behavior of almost kneeling down and not wanting to offend anybody. Because if they do poke the, poke the, uh, the bear yep. in the eye with a long stick, they're yep. not going to get any money
0: ever. Well, I think a classic example is just the recent... Uh, doug ford visit to kitchener waterloo and yes. uh, i don't think there was much poking of the bear there nope. and i'm sure a lot of people would and, have and a lot and of you'll things you'll see to that
1: want to kind of uh, that kind of behavior all the time the, the the difficulty and i is the fact that mayors will not stand up and get assertive
0: well i hear you the problem though is who controls the purse strings well of right? course we know that and well, that's the thing
1: I mean, I've always said this, and I've said this in a lot of my writings. The relationship between the province and the feds with municipal politicians is that the municipal politicians are viewed as children that need to be regulated and to be overseen. So we're going we're gonna to talk
0: about that in a sec, but I just want to take a, a step back. Well, we're deferring a lot of things here. I, well, hey, the show's only so long. <laughs> I don't want to lose all the listeners. Um, you had a tough budget, let's say... We were talking about it uh, another time. 2008. 2008. Yeah. Tell us about 2008.
1: Well, that was the economic uh, recession that all of North America and the world went yes. through. Yes. And, of course, we were impacted also very severely. And uh, we had to, and our, our greatest uh, um, kind of uh, thrusting forward was, was to try to help business as much as we could stay in Cambridge and to bring in a budget that... People could relatively handle looking at the recession that we were in. That well, was
0: very difficult. But going into two thousand and eight, that year, right? So staff always comes forward with their initial report, right? Right. They always say, "This is what we're to do. Everything that we would like to do, this is the percentage increase that we're looking All at." All staff, everywhere, st- do that, and that's the sticker shock yep, report, that's right? Yep. So what was it in two thousand eight?
1: We were talking initially. I talked to the a CAO at the time, uh, Jim King, a great CAO, who um, I think it was around 12 or 13% initial. Going and in. I, and I said, look, I'm going to give you two tasks here. <laughs> one, I come in below 5%. The second one, don't lay anybody off. And we essentially did that. So
0: what was your initial reaction though when you saw that 13%? What uh
1: uh, you know, I, you're shell-shocked enough being a municipal politician, especially if you're in long enough, like, as I was, and you just sort of react to it. And I always believed in every every formidable challenge that we would get through it. Yeah. And I had that strong belief, and I knew we would get through it. Basically and we your would experience. figure it out. Yeah, yeah. and Basically. I think that's
0: key. I mean, by, by 2008, you'd already been there. Well, and, Quite you gotta, a long time. And, and
1: if you're a leader in the group, you got to be calm, and you got to look as if you're almost knowing what you're doing, right? Right, yeah, I understood. And, and, you know, but you've got to have <laughs> yeah. that persona. Like, okay, folks, we're okay here. We'll sort this out. And I always, you know, tried to... Pre- and inside, I was relatively calm most times.
0: So how did you get from 13 down to 5 well, or less? Well, I
1: think Jim did a lot of uh, uh, cost-cutting in terms of not renewing certain things, certain services of... Uh, redistrib- redistributing staff around uh, we and not replacing any staff through retirements okay. or other things. So that's how we did it.
0: So it's almost like that gapping thing we're talking about. Well, it is. It was a yeah. major
1: gapping plan to some extent. Okay? Yeah. So you knew- but there were some cutbacks. I mean, one of the things we did, this is the lesson you learn, is the library. Well, we're going to shut the library. It was the downtown Galt Library. I think for a week in August when we were doing some renovations there. But we would save a bit of money. Well Under geez, this under this budget. Under this budget. Well the whole world erupted that we were shutting down the library for a week. I mean, it's like what Doug Ford's going through. Nobody wants to pay the high taxes, but no one is willing to accept the cuts to services. Right, right. And I, I faced that with the library. Yeah. And I was astounded. We tried to be reasonable and practical and realistic, try to lay it out. This was like a week or two weeks at the most, I think it was, yeah. shutting
0: that library down. In August. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. This is the one downtown Galt? Downtown Galt, yep, the main library. Right, right. So were there any other cuts to services? That, uh, I uh, can't
1: specifically remember, Rob. I mean, there were other places, but not as impactful or
0: perceived impactful yeah, yeah. as that. So it sort of became symbolic, I guess. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, well, where's the nearest bush to hide behind? What did you get it down to? I believe
1: we got it down to around 4.2 or 4.5, something like that. Back then. Yeah.
0: And, and people were understanding they knew we yeah.
1: were in very difficult straits
0: do you think if you hadn't had that string of zero percent that you would have been facing that 13 i don't and, think it wouldn't in, in have been as 2008? bad
1: but we still would have been facing a tough budget yeah so maybe not 13 maybe seven or eight
0: yeah i mean 2008 impacted a lot of people oh, uh, from a recession perspective i guess the other thing that i was just thinking about is swimming pools in uh, cambridge as well right. like the the, the Um, outdoor pools you have two outdoor pools right those always seem to be what's going to happen to them you're
1: in a you're in a a public democracy that allows uh input from the public yeah so you get 30 mums come in 30 grandmas come in with their (laughs) with their swimming program at the outdoor pool in soper park and council just melts away it's it's that's the classic that's no it is i saw it up at the region with uh uh, it was daycare? We were gonna. They were gonna cut it back or do something. And well, yeah, it was all the, the mums
0: came in yeah. with their babies, and the place just melted. Whatever you want, you can have it. Actually, that's a good point you brought up. That was the uh, result of the KPMG review. Yeah. And they said, okay, well, you have this uh, daycare operation that provides support for, let's say, a hundred. If we change it to a different type, now you can support three hundred. And it was those hundred that said, came in and said, yeah. we don't want to change anything with their babies. Yeah, and so. Well, That's if, a little tip for everyone. You, you know, want to make change, show you up see, with the right people. <laughs> in a
1: democracy, people have the right to have the rate, uh, their taxes above the rate of inflation if they wish it to be there and to do things that the professionals don't want them to do. That's their right. And I, I, I've run into that, you know, where we accept it. okay, this is what you want. The pool should be closed. We know that, but this is what you want,
0: Okay. I think the pools are still open today.
1: They are. The mums keep showing up.
0: They're on the chopping block every budget. <laughs> that's right. And the
1: council hasn't got the backbone to do the right thing, actually.
0: Okay. That's not like, uh, look over here while I'm doing something else no, over no, there, no, is no. it? <laughs> a little deafness there. Um, let's talk about uh, the upper levels of government so and we providing we got, their assistance. a few assistance. hours here. I know. <laughs> I know. But... I've always been of the view, and, and I went through this. We went through this uh, in North Dumfries when we built our community center. Okay, So the government had this massive infrastructure program around 08, uh, okay? recession going on. They said, okay, we're going to start building all across. And the problem, though, is that, just a yada yada it, you, you get this money. Now you go out to get some bids. There's only so many contractors out there. That's right. And the prices escalate. And the contractors right. are like, you can take my offer or I'll just go on to the next one. It had to be shovel
1: ready and it had to be, uh, you had to get it done in a certain time period. Yeah. Okay. So we had to look at projects that, we, we, that were shovel ready and that we could get in the ground a start at a certain time period. So what happened was Kitchener started whining publicly because they had certain projects that they wanted to do. That's number that they, three. Uh, that they couldn't get in on the timeline. Right. Eventually, it was changed to allow communities like Kitchener. Well, you know what?
0: It, it, the, the, the end date was extended. I That's remember correct. that. And it had yeah. to be because in North Dumfries. No, it didn't. Yeah, it did. But anyways, well, we all North North play Dumfries, by the same rules. But some of them started so late. But there was no way just, they were going to get done I just, by I just, the... Yeah, I understand. I know. It's one thing, good thing Stephen Harper did, amongst others, but uh, that's one thing. Um, so my view has always been, why don't, why don't we just say to the provincial and federal government, look, if you have money to give for infrastructure, just give it to us, and we'll decide at the municipal level what we want to do with it because well, we know best.
1: They're, they're unwilling to let go of money, and they're unwilling to let go of legislation.
0: And they dictate... Which think, and they, have no I,
1: they have no idea what we're doing down here at the local level. And, and and that's the great problem. If you look at world-class cities, they have world-class revenues, and they have world-class legislation to do what they want right. in terms of what their citizens want. Municipalities in Ontario don't have that.
0: Well, City of Toronto, why don't you just... What, well, what do they have, for example? Well,
1: they have some extra taxation, but that's about all. I mean, they... Uh, they simply uh, can stand up to Queens Park because they've got what 22 uh, MPPs there and stuff like that. But we yep. don't have that kind of power. Yep. But the problem is that if you want to uh, if you want to increase business in Ontario, you want to increase employment in Ontario. Then the 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 the, uh, the goose that lays the golden eggs are the cities. And, and the province and the feds haven't figured that out yet. If you empower them, they'll produce more jobs, more business, more employment.
0: So but, I'm, I'm going to ask you about a tax proposal or a solution, like your 1% solution. My 1% a, percent solution? Yet, the other, just one more thing I wanted to get to before we got to that was municipalities now and the fact that 2% makes it difficult or the rate of inflation makes it difficult for them to, to do what they need to do. We're seeing the what I call sort of the, the separating of uh, certain items from the property tax, like water and uh, water right, and sewer, sure. right? Right. So we're taking infrastructure out and billing those separately to the taxpayers. Well, we do that all
1: over the place. We do it at the region with police budget. Right. Okay, they separate it out and say, well, actually, your increase is only 2.2. 2, but those police budget, that police budget is going to bring it to 4.1. They separate it out. At the municipal level, water and sewer are separated out from the property tax. Yeah,
0: isn't, the, isn't the police budget factored in all eventually, eventually, yes. Yeah, so it's a little but bit different. No,
1: but the regional council separates it out to
0: look at, make it look politically good. Sure. There's pointing out what, what the high That's costs right. are, but that it's, it's in one package. Water and sewer, though, is a separate item. That's correct. Okay, it's a separated item, that municipality. So well, it's not a municipal re- regional thing. It's well, just, the regional one, you know, you're
1: missing the point here. They don't control that budget. The region doesn't, con- they can say no, they never
0: have. Right, but it, this is a whole different point that you're making, okay? Because police services, it's important I understand point. police services, and uh, there has to be a certain amount of independence because that's a separate thing. Right. We're talking about infrastructure now. Okay. Okay, well, so all right, this let's is an infrastructure let's, let's item that to municipalities all right. have, right? So, but they're separating those things out. So water and sewer gets separated out. And what have the increases been for water and sewer? If we just took those, they've that been as very,
1: very dramatic for all municipalities. I know for Cambridge, in order to meet the requirements and to be self-sufficient, uh, on a more of a self-sufficient budget, it was a ten-year plan with increases around five and six percent every year.
0: And if water and sewer had stayed within the whole overall property tax increase, it would just. You'd be in trouble right now. It'd be huge.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'd be in trouble. Because rate of inflation we, we, wouldn't plus, plus, we have to meet the requirements of the province right. in terms of their uh, health issues, in terms
0: of uh, health requirements for water and sewer. The other issue for municipalities in the province was the 90s downloading.
1: Well, we've been downloaded going back to the uh, 1970s by the feds. I mean, the feds have downloaded most of infrastructure onto municipalities. At one point, municipalities... Uh, we're 17% infrastructure ownership. Right. Now we're like 47%, and that has flipped with the with the feds, where they've gone from 45% down to 15%, something like that. Right,
0: and that responsibility for infrastructure has not uh, included a increase in revenues no, um, in order to deal with it.
1: So what you have is you have politicians that. Uh, At election time, that federal election, you have municipal politicians saying, Well, please give us more money for infrastructure. Why would they do that when they've already downloaded onto us? They're not going to do that. I think the point being is the government with the least ability to pay, the municipality, is
0: stuck with the biggest bill. So, how do we make the municipality or the level of government with the least ability to pay? Have a better in, ability to in pay. In a
1: perfect world, you, uh, you will give them a percentage. You don't have to increase taxes anywhere. You give them a percentage of the consumption taxes that are being collected by the federal and provincial governments. Give them 1%. And you had it,
0: researched that.
1: Well, I had. And Gord Hume out of, uh, out of London, Ontario had done it too. And I think it came down to 1%. I think it was sales tax. Uh, you're not increasing sale tax. You're getting one percent from the just
0: divert what's going yeah, to the upper level yeah, and back down. What did it that would mean give to it would give
1: Cambridge uh, twelve million a year. It would give the region forty five million a year. Extra money, right? Huge. Okay, and what it would do is it would flatline property tax for the foreseeable future, if you wished or maintaining it well below the rate of inflation while you had the ability to put money into infrastructure. We have an infrastructure deficit in Cambridge. I think it's around $140 million. That's a That's a get... A I, think get. It, I, think eh? I think it's higher. I think uh, it's
0: 160, higher.
1: 160 it's in that area. Yeah. And, and that is the uh, complete responsibility uh, of
0: the feds downloading through yeah. the province. Well, I had uh, our friend Todd Cowan on for a show, and we were talking about the casinos. And one of the driving factors for them for considering the casino was the fact that they had, uh, he estimated, a $60 million infrastructure deficit. And with no other sources of income to fund it, they were looking at that as a potential way to fund the infrastructure deficit. It's a sad
1: state of affairs. And then you, you, you have the province saying, well, we're going to balance our budget in five years. Five years come, we all know they're not going to balance their budget. They're incapable of balancing their budget. <laughs> the, if you move the monies down and the legislation, the average homeowner will have more accountability, more transparency, and be able to influence what they want in their city more effectively.
0: Yeah, it, it, I don't think you could say it any better than that. The municipal level is the true level. It's the most yeah. efficient, effective level, and it provides for the greatest participation of the community in deciding what gets done. Absolutely. Douglas? Douglas? Are we coming to the end? It's the end. Can I talk about it's other things? It's the end. We'll, we'll come back another time and have a good conversation. But I, I want to thank you for. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, My pleasure in today. always. Illuminating as always, and a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. So uh, thank you again for uh, listening to another edition of the Old Grey Mayors. Uh, My name is Rob Deutschman. I want to thank my friend Alex Kinsella for uh, putting it all together and making the magic happen and you, the listener, for taking the time to listen. And again, if you have any issue or topic or person that you think uh, would be an interesting interview, please feel free to reach out. I'd be happy to make it all happen. Take care. Thank you. Welcome to another edition of Old Gray Mayors Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Deutschman.